What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. I am so excited today to be talking about original sin. And this is a talk that you won't hear in church, but I promise you it will change absolutely everything about your life. Bob Peck, author Bob Peck, is in the house with me today, and I am so excited to have him on. You guys have requested him over and over and over. So Bob is now on, and questions are open for you guys to ask him anything that you would like to ask him. Don't forget, if you're watching on Facebook, you can drop stars at any point. That helps push the broadcast out to other people. Let's the algorithm know you like it. Also on YouTube, you can drop super chats. TikTok, you can drop gifts over here as well as Instagram. So thank you guys. If you're watching on TikTok or Instagram, jump over to YouTube or Facebook so you can see Bob. But I just have the ambient audio for him now so you guys can at least hear what he's saying. So Brandon Steiner says, homie's got a dope mustache, Bob. So, yep. Bob, welcome. Appreciate uh, it. Introduce yourself. Share a little bit about your book. We're going to talk about your book in depth today. Original Sin is a Lie. So... Well, thanks, Cobb. I, I'm such a big fan of your work and, um, you know, really glad to be here um, talking to you and your community. We obviously overlap um, because we're both called heretics on the Internet. And, uh, you know, we're kind of, there's kind of a fun little heretics club um, and not like in the like dark energy heretics, but in the um kind of leaving the institution um embracing the esoteric as opposed to the eso exoteric so the inner as opposed to the outer um you know this kind of beautiful movement of people that are don't need a mediator mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. god and with the divine with the universe with the cosmic consciousness um knowing that intimately and so um, so yeah, happy to be here. Happy to talk. My book is called Original Sin is a Lie. Uh, yeah. the, the subtitle is a little more um, explanatory. It's how spirituality defies dogma and reveals our true self. The whole book isn't just about the original sin doctrine. Happy to talk about it with you. And I know yeah. that, you know, that's a lot of what we, uh, you and I both do kind of in our work, but, um, but the book itself covers a pretty broad spectrum of topics from um, the Gnostics to Hindu philosophy to um, psychedelia to uh, the illusion to Buddhists and, you know, kind of the relationship between Buddhism, Hinduism, world mysticism. Um, it's, a, it's a hefty hunk of wood. So yeah. happy yeah. to go any direction that anybody <laughs> that you want in the audience wants. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, you guys, if you're on uh, Facebook or YouTube, also on LinkedIn and Twitter now, so uh, you guys can drop any questions that you have. Um, particularly, I wanted to talk about your book, Bob, because there's there's a part in it, and I think it really sets the tone for the whole book. Um, and it's, it's right at the very beginning, and it says why it's okay to pick and choose. And I think this is something that people are terrified of, especially if you grew up in a church tradition, um, if you are not deconstructed, people are afraid of that word deconstruction. That doesn't mean destruction. That means that we're going to mm. pull it apart piece by piece. We're going to look at all the other puzzle pieces and make an educated, heartfelt decision about what we actually believe. So can you talk about that, like picking and choosing type idea? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, I think that's probably the heftiest Bible scholarship chapter um why it's okay to pick and choose and it was inspired by a 
um, my my dear dear brother in law, whom I love, who's a Catholic, good Catholic mm-hmm. boy, and um, yeah, he basically, you know, we I was some late night drinking Dos Equis and uh, you know me kind of blabbing about Yogananda and Jesus the Yogi, and um, you know, ultimately he basically said, you know, Bob, I appreciate what you have to say. I just don't think it's okay to pick and choose and that you know and that is basically a it's a way of framing the infallibility doctrine it's a it's a nicer way of putting it frankly because everywhere in the bible is true you know he's you know that it's related to that that um you kind of it's all or nothing yeah and you know while i'm not i don't have a phd i did study um formative Christianity and New Testament scholarship at the University of Texas for four years of a bachelor's mm-hmm. in comparative religion, um, studied the Apocrypha, Paul, I think four or five classes on Jesus. So very familiar with the New Testament. And, you know, really the first thing you learn with a basic kind of foundational understanding of Bible scholarship is that it's pretty imperfect, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is extremely varied in terms of the uh, sources. The, mm-hmm. the authors are writing for different communities in different times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's really centuries later do you have kind of the rise of what's called like the apologetics where people are kind of, you know, uh, a friend of mine used the the Charlie meme. I don't know if you, you know, the, the Charlie Day uh, whereas oh yeah yeah uh, always sunny where he's like trying to explain everything like it's kind of what christian apologetics <laughs> is because they're like look it all points together i swear and um yep. you know it, it it really does have let me let me also say and what a lot of the book talks about is what's the re the, the true message or the real underlying message of jesus who yep. i i believe is you know an avatar i think jesus is one of the highest beings of human civilization's history Mm-hmm. So deep bow to, to, to the Galilean. But what you see in Bible scholarship is is the contradictions. You see yeah. the discrepancies and you see, you know, all of these different issues. And even uh, it's called pseudographia. You even you even have forgeries, for example. Half of Paul's letters um, are, are not are attributed to Paul in the text. But we know Paul didn't write them. Um, and it's that's the ag- academic consensus. It's not yeah. some conspiracy. Right? Maybe Paul didn't write this. No, no, no. Every Bible scholar, um, you know, essentially globally, um, knows that First and Second Timothy weren't written by Paul. They were written by later church fathers. So, so really, just getting archaeological with it, um, yeah. you know, is is the way in. And for me, it really opens it up. That makes you say. Uh, you know, now you're free to really explore it and get uh, intimate and familiar with what's worth following and what's worth understanding about it um, versus just this kind of fear-based acceptance of the totality without without that deeper inquiry. Absolutely. And I want to talk about starting from a deficit too. Like um, when you adopt the ideology of original sin, you're starting from a place of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Everything sucks. And I need dot, dot, dot. And you don't even know what you need, but you're buying into a doctrine that someone else, what I call OPO, other people's opinions. <laughs> you are the only one that knows what you need. And I love uh, Martin's comment here. Martin said, I like to think of sin as forgetting 
we are born in forgetting who we are. Um, and I, I think that really sums it up. It's like uh, sin is out of vibration with the God source. It's out of that. It's not uh, what we're taught like in church where uh, you told a lie and you're sinful or you did this and you're sinful. It's more of a like, hey, wake up. Hey, wake up. Hey, wake up. Get out of that vibration of sin. What is it? Uh, I, I think it's in um, Sadaguru's book where he talks about mm. getting out of the vibration of the mosquito. Like, don't be in the vibe. Or no, it was wrong. Mm. Dots, I think, actually. He's like, don't be in the vibration of the mosquito. So don't be <laughs> in the vibration of the sin. Like, yeah. uh, and transcend you know, it, you know, yeah. Yeah, you talk about um, in your book, too, lots of different mythologies mixed into the Old Testament as well. So it's very, very difficult to read the Old Testament as verbatim historical evidence of something that happened when we have so much more data now with like the Enuma Elish and the Anunnaki mythology, Sumerian, Babylonian, even the Canaanite pantheon, you see like the Old Testament God is one of the children of the higher gods in that pantheon. And that's coming, mm. you know, hundreds and thousands of years before the old testament was penned anyway so well, that's you know, your that's your speciality yeah. my friend i learned from you about that stuff well it's it's fascinating your book ties into it so beautifully because it's like you do have to pick and choose and you have to give yourself a bigger picture and i love about your book and i recommend your book all the time because it gives people the authority to ask the right questions and you have the perfect mix of scholarly approach to it where you have all the data you have all the proof points but you also have the open heart and the practitionership of spirituality so Thanks, can, you, can you talk about that like when you wrote the book obviously you had all the data but what was your heart like in it yeah i appreciate that very much i um you know what i was trying to do with the original sin is a lie was makes write a book that was somewhere in between or a balance of religious scholarship alongside of accessible kind of pop spirituality because you know frankly religious textbooks are a tough read they're very mm -hmm. dense there's a lot of just academic um language it's mm -hmm. you know people aren't really reading them and and i'm not reading a ton of them either i mean i you right. know i have some faves but for reference but um but that's on one side and then on the pop spirituality side i mean this is you know whatever pretentious guy of me but some of the pop spirituality book some of them i love mm -hmm. you know and some of them are worth uh, you know the adoration some of them are a little too thin for me they're a little too surface level mm -hmm. um too trite perhaps um and so respectfully and so mm -hmm. i just said hey can i how can i do kind of a yin and yang of like making something readable that's mm -hmm. accessible that also um you know has 30 pages of citation academic citations in the back of the book mm -hmm. um and so i did my best it's still uh it's still probably not a speed read admittedly but um but i but i did my best and people do seem to be enjoying it and, and so grateful for your support of it absolutely man and every you know every chapter every page honestly guys is a what i call a thought experiment and it just challenges you to go and like actually take the data, move it around, move it around in your head, look into the world. I love how you reference like real life situations and stuff. And there's some anecdotes. There's yeah, some tales. I just yeah. love it. You know, it's a Thanks. great if you're looking for those rabbit trails, you're looking to go down the rabbit hole. 
it really is a great place to start. And so well, I want to. Well, I'll, let me. I'll just add to just because you brought it up. I um, the the initial format of the book I wrote. Uh, I had about forty pages of kind of who I am or like stories about my spirit, my spiritual journal kind mm -hmm. of thing. And that, that was like the intro. And because I thought at the time, who's going to want to read? No one's going to re want to read the conceptual unless they yep. know what I've gone through and what I've done. Da, da, da. That was just my belief at the time. Yep. Then I gave it to a writer friend of mine who's written, um, who's actually a fellow religious studies film major. So we're kind of, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're <laughs> academic double major bros. And he's great. Um, Nori's a root shout out. And Nori said, um, he goes, Bob, this is good, but it would be a lot more compelling if you chopped up this, these 40 pages yep. and just spread it throughout yep. the whole book. So you have concept, concept, story, concept, you know, kind of yep. the pacing and the rhythm of it, um, I think are, were much, much better served um, from his from his advice, because I'll, you know, I'll take you through the condemnation of the Pharisees for mm -hmm. three, four pages, and it's heavy academic stuff with yep. historical references and so on. And then after that, it's kind of like a jokey moment of me in church or, you know, Ram Dass story or whatever. So Absolutely. Uh, I think that adds to the, the enjoyment of it, hopefully. Well, and I've told you before, I view it as like a course almost because it just it literally walks you through. It's so activating. And that's what and I know a lot of a lot of people in our community have read it or are reading it now. I saw a couple of people last night who just got it in the mail. So thank you guys for the support. Of thank Bob. you. Um, but also, as you go through it, share your feedback, share what you're learning, because I'll get that back to Bob like he's we're tight. So, yeah, reach out. Uh, you know, a lot of people either TikTok comments or um, it's TikTok and Instagram are my main too. But Instagram mm -hmm. DMs, I, I check the hidden <laughs> requests or whatever. So I see a lot of people yep. that are reading the book and say it's up to them. So awesome. Don't awesome. don't don't hesitate. Happy to reach out. Awesome. Well, we got Merle in the house. We got Shona. We've got Missy. Yeah, I see some familiar faces. Actually. Melissa, yeah. Brandon. Hey, Melissa. Yeah, thank you guys for joining. Martin. Um, and then who we have? I'm going to give some shout outs here on TikTok. We actually got a, people listening on TikTok. So you guys are welcome if you want to look at Bob to jump over to Facebook. But um, so, yeah, we got Honeybee over here. We've got uh, who else do we have? Creighton. We're on all the websites. Quantum Christ, Adamo, let's see, Urban Floral, welcome. Uh, we've got uh, the original Stella on today. So we got the OG Stella. So thank you guys. Uh, appreciate your support being here. Wow, so yeah, thanks, we're, Melissa. We're, just got the book. Appreciate it. Enjoy yes, it. Yes, awesome. So we're, we're everywhere now. We, we got to get this message out. This is important. Um, let's see. Shona says, uh, what you're told to see yourself as it's so easy for us to identify uh, with sun when that's who we right, think Yeah, duality and divinity. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's a lot of deconditioning, you know, to that point, Shauna, and kind of to a lot of the, you know, community, Cubs community, and kind of this larger movement. There's a, that's what I'm learning. I, I, I didn't grow up, um, you know, indoctrinated. Um, mm -hmm. like so many of you guys and sending sincere empathy and peace and uh, the intention of awakening and freedom <laughs> to all of you um, because I was an Easter Christmas Christian 
um, right. in East Texas. And I kind of liked going. I was like, oh, this is, we go sing, we get dressed up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a, it was a beautiful, like old, simple church. <laughs> and uh, it was Christmas and then it was Easter, you know, it was like yeah. a nice thing. And our pastor was really great. And, but then I went to vacation Bible school. I, my buddy was Baptist. And so if you sleep over Saturday night, you know, you got to go to church with, with the, with the friend's family mm -hmm. and uh, started to get, you know, a taste of kind of what you guys endured, um, you know, in, in instances. And then, yeah, just seeing it, seeing it over time, but then putting out this book kind of saying, Hey, actually guys, Jesus is a yogi. Uh, you know, he, he's an avatar. Don't, you know, his, his death didn't, um, isn't the blood ransom for your, you know, salvation. That's way later. That's way, yeah. way, way later. That's not what yeah. he was teaching. Um, you know, Paul starts to suggest that, but really original sin comes through Augustine, uh, mm -hmm. or St. Augustine from Hippo, who's, 300 years after the death. So you can see the formation of these, this fear-based, control-based stuff that really doesn't have much to do at all. Jesus never says anything about original sin, um, yeah. you know, the original teachings of the master. So uh, what I've learned over the years is just how, uh, how much, you know, real trauma, PTSD, even I've seen mm -hmm. articles about um, people when you're thinking about if you're going to hell or heaven, you know, every yeah. moment. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, sending everybody a big old hug and and uh you know may may we all uh yep. you know break free of that because uh it's it's no good and it's not accurate to the to the teachings amen brother amen you know and i so i want to rabbit trail here and talk about just first off what you said about uh augustine you know you've got um this whole original sin. So you've got Rome, they crucified Jesus. He, he had these mystical, magical, almost teachings that are helping people. It's kind of breaking them out of the matrix. People are healing, they're building communities. Like it, it really was this huge movement and the people that heard it really were activating on it. And so that, that goes on for a long time. You had the Gnostics and then you had kind of the formal church being formed and they kind of had, you know, a bunch of battles going on or at least scuttles, you know, where they were not uh, in agreement with each other. And some of them went into hiding, some of them left. And then flash forward 300 years later, you've got this original sin. It's a great reason why they unalived the master. It just it was kind of the perfect excuse to be like, oh, well, yeah, I know we did this, but it was for this. So you're welcome. Like it actually worked out for you. So. Um, and then just yeah. think about the psychological trauma that's added when you're told that you're a horrible, sinful, crappy person from the day you're born as a babbling little baby, uh, rather than you're a beautiful, laughing, happy soul that needs mom, needs dad, needs all of that. And you're, you're born into this crazy matrix world. So like, I wanted to segue into that with the stories that were told. You talked about Bible school, um, I went to vacation Bible school too. And we're told <laughs> stories of Jesus did that. Moses did that. And you got the cartoon characters and that's the perfect medium for mythologies to get retold. And so like that, one of the core methods of magic and I teach like quantum esoteric magic, which really is just coming into agreement that you're in charge of the matrix because you're actually the son of God or the child of God. And we know that from ACIM too. But one of the coolest things about that is you get to tell yourself stories. So what's the mythology you're telling yourself? What characters are you adopting? So can you can you go into that a little bit about 
the activation of all of these principles and kind of where people can get to with what you teach in the book. Yeah, really great points. And there's a lot of directions that I could go from kind of what you what you brought up. Um, you know, I think what, what, what's also been so beautiful about and what I'm so grateful about in my journey, my stumbling through all of these different traditions is, is Eastern philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, because Eastern philosophy is very, very clear in both Hinduism, Buddhism, um, you know, really the major, the major Eastern traditions that you're not dirty. You're actually, um, you're a part of it all mm-hmm. and you're the part of it all. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, something I talk a lot about in the book is, you know, Hindu gurus love Jesus, you know, Buddhist monks love Jesus. They get him. They understand what he was saying. Love your enemies. That's beautiful. Pray for those who persecute you. Who's doing that? Yeah. We ain't doing that in 2023, let alone in the Iron Age. You know what I mean? I mean, it was radical. It was very, very radical teaching to say, love your enemies. Um, And still is. And so they understand that. And so, you know, really appreciating once you start to see Jesus and see the Christian tradition teaching, the contemplative tradition through these other lenses um, and through also Christianity is not a monolith, as you all know, Uh, it's extremely varied. I'm seeing this kind of distinctions between Catholicism and, you know, um, Protestantism. And there's, you know, there's, there's hardcore (laughs) Amish and Adventist, and then Mm -hmm. there's progressive Unitarian, you know, uh, their reincarnation is cool. You know, there's no, mm-hmm. there's, there's all these different variations. Right. Um, and so, yeah, really, really appreciating Jesus through the Eastern lens, through the world mystic lens. Um, what that does is to answer your question, it really opens you up to, um, a whole new perception of yourself as opposed, as opposed to, um, you know, the Jonathan Edwards, for example, sinners in the hands of the, of the angry God, that, that's yeah. the foundational, kind of American puritanical view centers in the hand of the angry God. Mm-hmm. And that is just, that's, that ain't it. That's not, that's not the message of the master. And, um, you know, once you can break out of that and say, Oh, wow, the kingdom of heaven is within me. Yeah. Um, yep. you know, that's, that's emphasized across the synoptics across Thomas. Um, you know, we have this, this potentiality and, and the Buddhists call it Buddha nature. Um, the you know the hindus call it atman atman is brahman you know once you guys get once you get into religious scholarship study and and kind of world mysticism Mm -hmm. study uh it's you'll just be spinning your head at how many parallels Mm -hmm. um you know they're really they're really not that different they're packaged differently Mm -hmm. but um they're all different paths of awakening that 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 kind of the, the the case i make in the book is they 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 take you to the same summit um say the masters but you know there's all these different paths and that's beautiful we can appreciate all these different paths we can appreciate our inherent divinity uh on the way on the way back you know on the way back home really amen brother amen and uh melissa says i love yogananda's teaching he's the best yeah read yogananda even more than me (laughs) yeah it's uh yeah i just finished uh autobiography of a yogi and um the yoga of Jesus literally changed my life. I mean, just, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. And, and I want to tell you that what Bob's talking about here is what they warn you against. This is considered heretical. 
Yeah. It's even considered blasphemous in a lot of ways because you guys come on know, in. The water is just fine. It is. It's you know the Kool Aid is great, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but one of the things I want to talk about is, um, again, how do you get to a place where you alchemize all of this? Because guys, it takes first off, it takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of confidence in yourself and your God to say, "I can question my God if my God loves me." Because if you can question your parent, how much more will your heavenly father give you good gifts, right? I mean, so think about it. Like I have people come at me all the time and they go, you know, you, you should not question your God. You should not do this. You should. And it's there. And, and there's a very real effort to keep this type of doctrine buried, like buried under the surface. So kind of talk about that for a minute, Bob. Like, what are your experiences with that? How do people handle that? And sorry, apparently they're mowing the street right here. So they're all good. We out here. <laughs> now let me uh, let me read you this. Speaking of um, autobiography of yogi, this is from autobiography of yogi. This is Yogananda quoting his guru Sri Teshwar, who is blow your brains out of your head. He's incredible. Um, he says the Son of God is the Christ or divine consciousness in man. No mortal can glorify God. The only honor that man can pay his creator is to seek him. Man cannot glorify an abstraction that he does not know. Man, that's good. So the yogis are coming with it. Um, you know, the, the other thing I want to mention, and, and, you know, I think tied to your question here is starting the questioning process, you know, and the fear around the questioning. Um, really, I mean, that's the, that's the fun stuff of uh, Bible scholarship to me and really unraveling the humanness of the document. Let me give you guys an example. Um, I'll try to not make this too luxury. Um, but no, go for it. We're, we <laughs> go for it. <laughs> this is this is just, you know, a sample that's in the book. That It's, it's just a great, it's a really great um, kind of snapshot of how you can see the humanness of the Bible and really, uh, you know, a, a way to open up what's going on. So, um, in Jesus's time, there's a variety of Jewish sects, sectarian, there's sectarian division uh, among the Jews in Judea, which was a Roman territory. Um, and you have basically the Sadducees, who were the temple Jews, they were the kind of high up uh, associated with the temple. You have the Pharisees, who are the kind of uh, antecedent, the precedent of the rabbinical of rabbinical Judaism, uh, who are not as tied to the temple, but they are socially uh, well known. They're they're a different sect, and then you have the Jesus following Jews. Um, kind of Jesus dies around 30, uh, 30, 35. and so in those following decades, up until the temple, the the temple in Jerusalem was this massive. Uh, it was the foundation of the Jewish life. Jesus talks a lot about the temple. Um, and what happens is in 70, the Romans stamp out a Jewish insurrection. There's a revolution of Jewish warriors in the late 60s. They take over Jerusalem. They kick the Romans out. Again, this is about four decades after Jesus. This is you know, kind of while the apostles are walking around. This is while Paul's walking around writing letters. And um, the temple falls. And so the Sadducees are gone. And so now you have this massive opening of opportunity to be the new uh, 
um, kind of Jewish power of um, across those sects. It's primarily the Pharisees and the Jesus following Jews. They're not Christians yet. That's proto-Christian. Right. Uh, so those are the two the two main sects around the time of the temple falling. The reason this is significant is because that's the period in which the Gospels were written. Mm-hmm. We know approximately when and where the synoptic gospels, the three main gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, were written. We know, for example, that Matthew was written in Galilee. Matthew is very Jewish. It's, it, he, the Matthean author is very concerned with prophecy, filling things, whereas, for example, the Lucan author, the, the Gospel of Luke, n- not as concerned about Jewish tradition. It was written outside of Galilee, outside of the Jewish homeland. And so, you know, Luke is more concerned with the poor. He's more concerned with money and material and, and giving away things. Um, so the reason that's significant is because there's a there's a, uh, a section in all three of those in all three of those gospels where Jesus condemns the Pharisees. You guys are probably familiar, you know, mainly they were being hypocrites. You know, uh, you know, Jesus has a teaching where he says, um, you know, when you fast wear bright, colorful clothing, you know, as opposed to the Pharisees who wear tattered rags and they kind of draw out sympathy for themselves. He says, no, no, no. You know, it's an internal practice when you're fasting. It should only be between you and creator, not for worldly sins. And it's a beautiful teaching. It's, you know, he's basically saying, don't, don't be, uh, attention grabbing with it you know do it for your own like, oh look at me i'm fasting today i'm evangelists yeah. and that's the joel austin yep. whatever you know those guys are still the pharisees daniel calls them you know daniel that's daniel's and oh yeah 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 he did freaking pharisee anyway um in <laughs> in mark and luke you know jesus basically kind of calls them hypocrites he's like mm-hmm. you know don't be like them in matthew if you line up all these sections, this is what Bible scholars mm-hmm. scholars do. They compare mm-hmm. the same accounts. So in Matthew, he goes off. It's like two pages. You mm-hmm. know, it's way more yeah. in the condemnation of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. He even calls them you den of vipers, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is pretty mean, uh, you know, and pretty inconsistent with, with a, an unconditional love mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the cosmic Christ, right? It's right. crazy to yeah. be that insulting. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know what, what I say all of this, because to come back to where it was written, well, like I said, Matthew was written in Galilee in post temple Judea, where there's a fierce sectarian division between the Pharisees and the Jesus following Jews. So it's very clear that, that Jesus, Jesus extended condemnation of the Pharisees isn't Jesus. It's mm-hmm. the Matthean author who's using his main character as a way to, for political purposes. Right. And right. that's not in the other gospels where that political environment doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love that, you know, line up all of his teachings and I do that with gospel of Thomas. I do that with mm-hmm. gospel of Mary. Um, you know, in Gospel of Mary Magdalene, he says there is no sin. There is sin yeah. because you do things like dot, dot, dot. Basically, you've agreed to it. You're you're stepping into that vibration, if you if you will. So um, but yeah, I mean, guys, and, th- and I, I did the artwork today is an old broken down church house, you know, kind of <laughs> condemned. 
in the middle of a small town. We've got a lot of them around here. And I yeah. think in the day of the advent of mega churches, you see a lot more of these little church houses, especially out in rural communities that they just couldn't keep the doors open anymore. And it's given way to this like massive footprint of what we consider the church. And so the social media of those institutions, the faces of those institutions, the push of those institutions really are reprogramming people in a whole new way. And I'm not here against anything. I mean, I go to church with my family still on certain occasions, so I'm not against any of that. But I do want you to to rethink like this is what I grew up knowing. This is the church. I go to this place to get power. No, 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 no. What Jesus was saying is, hey, that temple is within you. The kingdom that you're looking for is within you. And even on this massive stage where you have all the big bands and the lights and the fog machines and the, you know, the big movements and the music, that's still this. That's still what that looks like, right? It's mm -hmm. still a, a physical, organized setting versus people like me and Bob and you guys just coming together in love and actually spinning on stuff and having real conversations. And my little tagline is I'd rather be real than right. So I really That's don't great. care about being right. I just want to be real because if I'm real all the time, it will lead me to the right or the good as it's called in the Hindu. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, to to that point, too, I mean, I, in which you just articulated, just to expand on, you know, I think there's plenty of great Christians and there's plenty of great churches. Yep. And, you know, yes, the, the author of Original Sin is a Lie said that, you know, I think I'm like, the that title is just, I love it, but th there's a little bit of sauciness with it. So, yep. It is what it is. But, you know, I, I've, I've actually I've done a, a d decent amount of food bank work over the years here in Austin. And um, the, the there's a Christian church uh, near the campus that mm -hmm. has been feeding homeless people and, you know, the, the working poor for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And these are people that are, uh, you know, this guy said, can I pray for you, brother? You know, if we had, you know, I mean, it's like it touches my heart just thinking about these people. Mm -hmm. who, who are who are embodying the true teaching uh, because they are, they do exist. And I do want to and I do, you know, make sure that I clarify that in the book. There's absolutely real Christians. And at the same time, there's nefarious abuser Christians that are some of whom are very powerful. Mm -hmm. And and guess what? There's amazing realized master Hindus and there's nefarious yep. abuser Hindus. Absolutely. And there's amazing atheists who are working towards the collective benefit of humanity. And there is nefarious, awful atheist. It's not, you know, it's yep. not the tradition. It's not the, it's not the spiritual, it's the individual. So exactly. just wanted to be clear about that. I know you're aligned with that. But. And what, and what you just said too, is exactly what I've been saying ever since I started what I'm doing is Jesus said, look at the fruit, look at mm, the fruit. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your doctrine is. It doesn't matter what your sign is or your denomination. You can literally tell what's the hands and feet in the community. What's the commitment to bringing the message to healing people, to helping people. You know, is it about the fundraiser to build a bigger building? Is it about bigger pensions? Is it about actually putting hands and feet in the dirt and helping people? And I know I have several pastor mentors that are literally doing the work that are that are yeah. amazing people that have clearly experienced the love of God. Now, even when you Shout experience out. the love of God, you can still believe dogma 
And yeah. I know more and more pastors that are deconstructing and questioning, well, maybe we don't really know, or maybe there's more information about Old Testament stuff. And maybe we got to look at the characteristics yeah. of God that we can feel and experience versus dot, dot, dot. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to harmonize some of this. Um, and, you know, let me let me jump back into the New Testament for a second, because First Timothy is just one of the best examples of kind of the ex the extreme contrast mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. what the book says and what the teaching of the master is. So Paul's letters, half of the New Testament, again, Professor Hat here. Half of, the, half of the New Testament are letters from Paul. And so Paul was, um, he was actually a Pharisee, yep. which most Christians know, but a lot of people don't, I guess. And he had a famous conversion experience. He was on the way to Damascus to go stamp out a Jesus following community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was this angry Pharisee kind of thing post Jesus death. And he's on the highway and he, has this amazing vision this mystical experience that you know i consider valid you know from my understanding uh, as much as one can and you know he says who is this and this the response is it's me jesus whom you are persecuting you know uh -huh. it's kind of a playful um thing and he just has this amazing life-changing uh transformation and becomes you know one of the most fervent apostle the 13th right mm -hmm. uh, apostle and so without ever knowing the guy which is why he you know there's nuance to Paul. Yeah, Paul yeah. has some gems, um, yep. but he he he's also complicated, and he mm -hmm. he's a big he's a big part of what the later church fathers yep. grab from. Yep. But for example, First and Second Timothy and Titus, the TIs are called the pastoral letters. And so mm -hmm. you guys can Google, go to Wikipedia, look up the pastoral epistles or the pastoral letters of Paul. Mm -hmm. um, we are so sure that Paul himself did not write these mm -hmm. from the internal textual analysis. It, the syntax is different from the authentics. The authentics, by the way, are Romans, Galatians, yeah. um, Corinthians one yeah. and two. Mm -hmm. That's Paul writing to Corinth. He's writing yeah. to the community in Corinth. He's going, Hey right. guys, you know, it's, they're very personal. Yeah. He's kind of, it's kind of like an advice column. You know, he's giving little answers and he's writing a little nice little thing about what love is, you know. Yeah, yeah, what exactly. Corinthians is. Yeah. And and it's really uh, some of it's really beautiful. Um, and then by the time you get to first and second Timothy, the T.I.s is how you think of it in Titus. Mm -hmm. um, that's a the framework is a letter to Timothy right. um, from Paul. And he says it, it's they're so different. Mm -hmm. And the, the most obvious thing is he even uses in Timothy words like deacon, mm -hmm. which doesn't exist. That right. term is yep. uh, is a semantic, you know, centuries later after yeah. Paul, the Paul, yeah. the Paul's movement was much more humble. And yeah. it was they were in houses of like a wealthy widow and stuff, yeah. Yeah. you know, as opposed to like having a deacon and having a ceremonial thing. Um, in First Timothy, this is where we get... Um, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That's mm -hmm. First Timothy. Mm -hmm. um, First Timothy also has, you guys will love this, let a woman learn in quietness with full submission, but mm -hmm. I don't permit a woman to teach nor to exercise authority over a man, but to be in quietness. Mm -hmm. um, that's First Timothy. So the quiet in church is, is not from Paul. It's right. from a forgery 
yep. of someone saying this is Paul. And, and that would be considered pseudepigrapha, right? Like correct. they're pinning it in his name. Like the other letters are him literally, it's almost like we've intercepted business letters where he's like writing exactly. friends in another church and going, hey, here's some business we need to take care of. By the way, God loves you, blah, blah, blah. And then exactly. these are kind of tried to be written in that tone, but they didn't Absolutely. understand the structure to make it perfect. So exactly. Yeah. And we, we caught on guys, yeah. you yeah. know, and we should, by the way, we should, we you should, know, you have a brain. So yeah. <laughs> and, and, th and this last one is the best one. Let all who are under the yoke of slavery regard their masters as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and the teaching may not be blasphemed. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful to them on the ground. Rather, they must serve them all the more. Um, so, you know, it's basically saying, hey, slaves, better obey your masters. That's oh, first Timothy. Yeah. Women yeah. be quiet. Yeah. Jesus is the only mediator between God. And, you know, I mean, this is this stuff is centuries after Paul, even let alone Jesus. Jesus yeah. didn't have anything to say with this. And, and the yeah. issue is modern American Christianity. Just yeah. this is all this one cohesive thing. And it ain't guys. I mean, that's yeah. kind of my my endless megaphone is like really get archaeological with it and see that our infinitely loving creator had absolutely zero to do with the previous verses that I just read in first Timothy, there's, Amen. there's nothing about uh, an unconditional loving creator uh, yeah. that, that, that endorses those kinds of verses. So, you know, yeah, this is all kind of from the yeah. why it's okay to pick and choose section. That's like, again, that's like my Christian, you know, formative Christianity textbook section, but, um, but yeah, it's um, it, to me, when I learned all this stuff, it was so refreshing. Mm -hmm. It was like, ah, it was almost like, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad that wasn't the, the yeah. truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the more you get into it, you go, oh, wow, no, the real. Yep. So, so then, you know, moving on, like, well, what is the real teaching? Well, the real teaching is love your enemies. Mm -hmm. You know, the real teaching is Jesus is being murdered. He's being brutally murdered. Mm -hmm. You know, an innocent, an innocent crime. He's, it's an innocent uh, capital punishment that he's enduring. And what does he say? He says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. Can you imagine how much pain yeah. this person is enduring? How humiliating dying like that is in front of your mother yeah. and your friends? I know. I mean, it's an, it's, it's one of the most sublime uh, utterances of humanity. Forgive them Father, for they know not what they do. I mean, I get choked up, honestly, just thinking about how mm -hmm. profound it is. That's someone who's embodying unconditional love. Yep. And that's extremely distinct from the larger institutional stuff. Amen, brother. Amen. And I think that's the, the thing that we have to focus on. And when I say, you know, and I always quote the those with eyes to see and ears to hear, there are millions of people that can read the same text and come up with different clues and different understandings. There are, there are probably millions of scholars that can do the same thing, or at least hundreds yeah. of thousands yeah. that can do the same thing. So what it requires, and I love this message from Melissa here. I'm going to shout out Melissa. Um, my message from Spirit lately is that everyone's kingdom is going to look different, and that's okay. And I, I love that because to me, that doesn't just mean eh, do whatever you want with it, but it is your kingdom if you are actually the loved perfect child of god then you have authority to co-create into whatever reality spirituality you want and so i think what 
I want to end with Bob is let's go back to the garden. Let's talk about, there's two versions of the garden story that you guys don't know because you're taught every single church will teach you from one point of view that the serpent was the devil and caused them to fall. And therefore, because your great, 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 great grandmother and grandfather screwed up, you're screwed too. And that's kind of the main narrative of, oh, they ate the apple. So now you're sinful. I didn't, I didn't choose that. But if you rethink that, the Gnostic version of that is that the serpent was actually the shining one, which we hear about in other verses. And Jesus even identifies himself with the bright and morning star, the shining one. And if you think about that, the serpent is actually going, no, 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 these gods that created you, they're not gods. You're just as much a god as they are. And there's a truth outside of this place that you don't understand. And when you guys read into it that way, and I'd love to hear Bob's opinion of that, at least, because that, it just opens up a whole new understanding. If we can rethink what Paul wrote and we can rethink the narrative that's in other scriptures, try to put together a bigger picture. Let's rethink the garden story and rethink the serpent, in my humble opinion. So, Bob, what, what are you? I'm all for it. Um, my specialty, admittedly, is the New Testament. The Old Testament, I, I've just never been called. To right, go deep right. with it. Yeah. And so I honor your expertise, frankly. And hey, let me, you know, let me in a very authentic way say, follow yeah. Cub for more information on this uh, <laughs> material. Because this guy, I'm telling you, this guy knows the stuff um on the on the ancient myths. Um, you know, I think my interpretation from the mystical lens and kind of the yogic lens is, you know, uh, essentially it's 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 our ignorance. I mean, that's yeah. The Hindu view of kind of original sin is mm-hmm. is is it, we're simply ignorant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of our true nature. Yeah, that's all. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and so that that the metaphor of the serpent and, you know, that's the that's consciousness. Yeah. That is saying be separate. Mm-hmm. Um you know the, the 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 apple fruit of knowledge. What is it? Tree of knowledge, fruit of knowledge. Again, <laughs> I right. focus on the on uh, the temp, post temple Judea, but um, the you know it's basically saying, hey, we're separate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what the mystical spiritual philosophy says is we're one. Exactly. And yep. we're just we're just we've forgotten. That's yep. all. So yep. let's just undo. Let's undo our ignorance. Absolutely. Of this seeming separateness. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And even in the Hindu, you have the tree of Maya. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have the the modes that basically uh, you're going to interact with through your whole life that basically feeds into this ignorance, passion, even, you know, people make decisions out of passion and that just feeds into this tree's roots. That is an illusion that we have all around us. So you can kind of loosely tie that into Old Testament, you know, the the tree of good and evil, the tree of knowledge, you know, that type of thing. And so for me, um, when I read the Bhagavad Gita and then I started reading the Dhammapadas and read the Yoga of Uh Jesus, that'll wreck your life, right? In a good way, by the way. Um, But you just start to understand things in a different way and go, oh, this is all what's considered esotericism. And rather than taking it literally, we have to look at it as like the human condition as a story to try to tell ourselves a better story. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, 
you know, and to that to that point, uh, and I talk about this in the book. And you know, again, this is this is basically Yogananda. This is a Hindu kind of interpretation, but um, which which to me is, does, does, I don't need to be, need to say asterisk uh, because they're the real deal. Um, but but there's this idea in Hinduism called the Avatar doctrine. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of to your point and to your to your enthusiasm for the Dhammapada and the Gita and all of these um beautiful other traditions you know it's not disrespecting jesus Mm -hmm. to read the dhammapada you know Mm -hmm. it's not not only is it not demonic it's not even disrespecting him because everyone has there's a lot of this consistency kind of in the comments we're all i think it was was it gandhi who said there's seven billion religions you know, we're, we're all going through our own, um, our own process, our own path. And, you know, what the, the Avatar Doctrine says, which is a beautiful um, piece from the Gita that, you know, we'll, maybe we'll have another one on, on Gita and fund, fundamental kind of Hinduism. But um, basically, Krishna, who is a Christ-like figure, who's an avatar, tells Arjuna, who's his cousin, it's a, the whole book is a, a dialogue between mm-hmm. these two men and krishna says whenever righteousness wanes and unrighteousness increases i send myself forth um for the protection of the good and for the destruction of evil evil and for the establishment of righteousness i come into being age after age mm-hmm. so there's this um divine mm-hmm. manifestation that appears when things get a little out of hand you know humans we mess stuff up our our egos get in the way we you know hurt the planet we do the wrong thing from time to time because Mm -hmm. we're ignorant of our true nature our separate we think we're separate we're 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 encapsulated by the egoic wanting and needs and so on so we you know we we go to war we 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 do the wrong thing and Mm -hmm. we, we don't remember and this this avatar figure comes in the form of men women some have been public you know the, the yoga masters say some have been unknowns yeah. you know that these beings are they're also us too but they they incarnate in this form mm-hmm. to help guide us um, back to righteousness and that's that's the galilean that's buddha from sitting under the bodhi tree mm-hmm. you know dot, dot 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 there's been a lot of these and yeah. so um, you know, the more you understand them, so, you know, sometimes they're the founder of religion, even though they don't, might not have meant to do yeah. that, yeah. but they were just so powerful and Absolutely. they were so loving that people were just entranced by them in a really beautiful way and create a movement and then a generation away from them and then another generation and it's something totally different. That That's yeah. basically what happens. That's essentially what kind of all these religious traditions are. And so... Um, you know, I talk about in the book, like, oh, what do the avatars say? And so yep. I compare my, uh, kind of my three are Krishna, Christ, and the Buddha. Awesome. And I don't really need anybody else. You know, yep. right, just, right, yeah. <laughs> you know yep. one's plenty, frankly, but I yep. really like those three. They're very yep. similar. And so I compare their teachings and kind of what they say. I mean, that's a winning team right there. It's a great trio. It It really really is. is. You can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with those three. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of really beautiful teachings that come out of them. And, and, you know, it's, 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 it's what we've been talking about this whole hour. It's what you talk about on your show. It's the internal path to God. It's compassion to all beings. It's releasing dependence on the external world. You know, there's cohesion 
there's cohesion, unlike in the Bible. Right. Unlike in the New Testament, where there's all these variations, there's cohesion amongst Absolutely. the outlaw teachings. So I want to talk about original salvation just to end today. Sure. We've got, we've got like nine and a, or eight and a half minutes left. So um, original salvation being the idea that, hey, we're all actually loved. In fact, we're literally right now sitting next to the father as the child in the mother's arms, divine mm -hmm. father, divine mother. You know, the original Trinity is father, mother, child. Mm, yeah. um, and there's a lot of data to suggest that's actually what Jesus was teaching, especially through, you know, alternative right. sources, Gnostics, uh, Gnostics and stuff. So, uh, but with that said, what is your take on the ultimate message of Jesus? If he was not a blood sacrifice because we're horrible, crappy people, was he a sacrifice to a malevolent God? Was he merely crucified because they just wanted to shut him up or is it kind of all of the above like what do you how do you view that because we've got a lot of people that are they're deconstructed but they're still very attracted to and very much in the belief and the union and yoking with jesus so i, I want to highly support I yeah mean, and frankly Absolutely. he his his yeah. teachings have so entranced me for 20 years i mean yep. i'm 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 you know i'm enamored so yeah. You don't got to leave him and don't yeah. and don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, I told some guys on TikTok, we did a TikTok live. Yeah. I said, you know, in some way, I've kind of become a Jesus defender in right. some bizarre way, yeah. you know, because Absolutely. I'm such a huge fan of him. Yeah, uh, it's everything else. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I could I could go on and on about his teachings. You know, there's a there's a beautiful um teaching in um in disappearance of the universe which mm -hmm. if we're going to name drop some books uh you Go said acim of course in miracles disappearance of the universe by gary renard is at, put that on your wish list uh, yeah. everybody it's stunning um the masters in that book say that if you only read one lesson from the bible it's the parable of the prodigal son they said it's the perfect encapsulation of what jesus was trying to teach and what is the true nature of our relationship with creator yeah. and so i'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar but just for the sake of um you know essentially it's the story jesus tells and it's a there's a rich man and he has two sons and one son is kind of the the good son mm -hmm. and the prodigal son prodigal means wasteful mm -hmm. the prodigal son takes his inheritance from the rich father and goes off and you know goes and spends the money and has kind of this hedonistic yeah uh you know adventure yep. and it ends up being poor and broke and you know just just destitute and miserable and says oh, i have to go back to my father but he's gonna be so mad mm -hmm. he's gonna be so uh, you know, he, he says something like, I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing the whole thing, but he says something like, maybe he'll let me work in the fields. You right. Know? Right. I, I'm fingers crossed. Yeah. That I, maybe I can get one of the hands. lower jobs on the totem yeah. pole and he'll just kind of maybe there's some yeah. potential percentage. Yeah. You know, are you saying there's a chance, you know, that I can work at the fields with, mm -hmm. the, with the servants or whatever, uh, the day laborers at my father's estate? And so he comes back. And he's wearing, you know, a r dirty rag or something. And he's on the horizon. And the father sees his son. And he runs. 
to it some. Yep. And um, there's even an added layer, which is that running was looked down upon kind of, you know, in, in that period. Yeah. And it, for, for a stash, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a prominent older man, that mm-hmm. was that was a frowned upon behavior. Mm-hmm. And the father runs to his son and he hugs him and kisses him. And uh, they throw a big party mm-hmm. and they, you know, they they kill the fattest calf. And then there was some, I think, vegetarians that on my TikTok video. That, that, why does he have to kill a calf? Well, it's a story, guys. He dug out the biggest garden. Then, it then. just means, yeah, exactly. They popped <laughs> the biggest bottle of wine, you know. Yeah, they, exactly. They pulled out the good stuff. Yeah. And the older, you know, there's a lot in the story. The, the older kind of good brother, quote unquote, says, you know, why are you? doing all this he kind of messed up and the father says you know we're, we're having a big party your son was lost but now he's found and that is our relationship with god we think that we've screwed it all up mm-hmm. and you know the reality is and i'm really like i said i'm, I'm parroting jesus and parroting yogananda i'm not a guru i'm just reading through the lens of these these right. masters of these teachings and um you know it basically the idea is the love of creator is inescapable you cannot get away you have there's nothing you can do to you know get away get away from him from her from it's not you know it's beyond concept the creators the infinite the infinite love the unconditional joy um you know whatever you there's 99 names for god and none of them sum it up you know but 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 there's no way to get away and so you know i think if i have to snapshot it that's that's the message um you know in terms of the resurrection and the crucifixion um i do like what a course in miracles says about it course in miracles is you know quote unquote alternative it's a spiritual document Mm -hmm. It's very, very profound, and it's been kind of confirmed to me through spiritual teachers, personal and uh, impersonal to me, that it's the real deal. And just read it for yourself, see what you think. Yeah. Um, but it's the voice of Christ. And mm-hmm. one of the clarifications is the crucifixion was to show that man is spirit, mm-hmm. that man is not a body, that, mm-hmm. is, that the body can be transcended. And when you read this with, I talk about this in the book, when you read, um, you know, the Hindu guru stories, for example, your, your autobiography of a yogi, um, there's a lot of great stuff in the, in the life of Ramakrishna, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of as well, Ramakrishna, Sri Ramana Maharshi, you know, a lot of these Hindu gurus in the, in the most recent past couple of centuries, um, the disciples see the master after their, their past. Um, and that had to treat Kashwar and spoiler alert in autobiography of Yogi um, uh, appears to Yogananda after after he buried his master, you know, about a month later, he shows up and they have a conversation. And so it's not that uncommon. It's, it's not that uncommon. I mean, it sounds it, to the to the materialist. Right, right. It's all fairy tales, you know, but but to the mystic and to kind of the world mystic, the spiritual minded folks, you know beings transcend the body it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it, you got to be high up to do it yeah you got to be on you know last incarnation or so or yeah. you know whatever i don't know i'm not there but right uh, it's not it's not a once in a yeah. galactic 
period type of thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, he was just an early, early one to do that and transcend the body and say, no, man, spirit. So, and I'm a big believer that consciousness is not local. This is a quantum computer just processing right. my experience of everything. So that's kind of how I and, and when you understand that and that you're actually outside of this time and place and you're kind of planted in the video game, if you will. And I know that can get cheesy. You know, we've got all the movies and stuff, but you look deeply into that. You read ACIM, you read the Bible, you read the Gita, you read uh, the ancient mythologies. It's all saying the same thing. And it, literally the right. core message is there. And the way I discern truth now, and, I, and I, I'm guessing you'll be in agreement with this too, is I don't hold on to a, a certain phrase in my head or a belief system. I want to experience it. Mm. I don't need to sit here and say something and go, well, because I believe this, I have comfort and I have faith. I either have comfort and faith or I don't. A phrase does not give that to me. A knowing gives that to me. A phrase will get yeah. you to the point where you can have that millisecond. It'll prime it. Yeah, it's a millisecond. It's called a God realization. And like the Hindu, you know, when you practice Hindu Buddhism, you're going within and you're going to meet with that source. And when you have that and it electrifies your mind, body and spirit, and you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is not real and everyone else is you, you literally mm -hmm. go through life and you realize that everything is just trying to blind you to that fact. And that's to me, that's the true doctrine to, to me. That's what all of this other stuff is trying to say or cover up is wake up. Remember who you really are. And in the Lion King, Mufasa says, remember who you are. <laughs> I love, it. love that line. Like to me, that is the perfect, that's the prodigal son story. That's, Beautiful. you know, so I don't know, Bob, love you, brother. This has been incredible. Thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, man. The book is Original Sin is a Lie. Go get you some, guys. Check it um, out. Don't, don't wait another day. Original Sin is a Lie.com. Um, it's going to be a great place for you to start, continue your deconstruction journey, start your deconstruction journey, whatever you consider, um, www.originalsinisalie.com. And really Bob takes you on a journey through that. Um, if you dig Bob's vibe, you get a whole lot more of that vibe. <laughs> so as um, long as hell, take yeah. your time with it. It's, it, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a read it, reread it, keep it by your bedside, highlight stuff, oh, journal thanks, through it. That's kind of how I do it. Um, so anyway, thank you guys. And thank you, Bob, for being here. Don't forget guys, uh, you can listen to the audio version of this over on Apple and Spotify. You can scan this. It'll take you right over to Spotify. Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. We're talking about faith, spirituality, and paranormal all day, every day. Bob, anything you want to leave everybody with before we sign off? May all beings be free. Amen, brother. <laughs> love you. Thank you. Much love, love you. my brother. Thank all you. Right. Love well. you all. Thank you guys for joining. And I will see you guys this afternoon, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Go follow Bob over on TikTok as well, at Original Sin is a Lie. Awesome. Peace. Thanks. Thanks so much. Bye, love guys. you guys. Bye.